Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Hello, guys. So let me introduce myself. My name is Sarah. I am 18. I am currently will be sophomore at UL. I'm a pre-med major. Go UL. And so I just want to start with some scripture. Am I high enough? Does that sound key? Okay. So let's start in 2 Corinthians 4. So, okay. I'm going to read the first part at the beginning and the other part later. So it starts, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. So I want to just say, I grew up in church. My parents um, got saved when they met each other, and I have always grew up in church. I remember my dad bringing me into the aisle and dancing with me during worship songs because that used to be cool. <laughs> and um, ever since I was really little, my parents have always wanted me to use my gifts for God. And so they started me with piano when I was very young with the, um, with the whole purpose of one day using those skills to play at church. So when I was little, started piano and did piano for about 10 years before we came to family life. Been at family life for eight years now and started playing Met Maria, the worship team. And I remember one of my earliest memories was my mom telling us Bible stories when I was like five, sitting at her feet and just telling us about Jesus. And I, because I grew up in church, I always, like, I thought I gave my life to God, and then it's like, did I really? And it's like, was it for real? Because I was little, and you always have those doubts. And so when I was 10, I for sure, for sure, gave my life to God and really settled it then. Um, I have always served in church and have really felt that as a ministry, but it wasn't until January of 2017 that my relationship with God really became real. So I had a family member who was close to me who found out that they were going to have to have surgery in 2017. And when God wanted to use something in my life, he picked like the one thing that would be like, you know, God, you're going to do something to bring me closer to you. Like, why would you pick this? Because this was the one thing that I had always kept off limits in my heart was my family. Like, in a long way, I connected my relationship with God to my family because that's where I grew up and that's how they raised me. And so I never felt like I had to stand up for my faith on my own. And, you know, I grew up hearing those Bible stories about Moses and people who had faith. And you hear about the faith chapter. And when you grow up hearing that, you just, it's like, 
it's like it's a common thing. You're like you're expected to have it and like, oh, have faith and believe God. And they go through these horrible things. And you're just like, oh, yeah, he parted the Red Sea. And they just walked on. Of course God can do that. And you're like, of course David killed Goliath. And, of course, these people were able to get saved from the lion's den. And it's like you grow up with that thinking that it's easy because that's how we always knew it. And it wasn't until that God faced, God put in my life, a situation where I had to show faith and I had to stand up that I realized how difficult it was. And I struggled with the fear of the what ifs. I, it was something that I had always kind of had growing up. And it was when this happened that they all seemed to be coming real. And it was like, what if God doesn't come through like he did in the Bible? What if everything I believed as a child, what if it's all changes? I struggled to know why this had to happen. I struggled how God could be good and yet this allow something to happen that meant so much to me and that would possibly hurt me. And I even struggled talking to Jesus about it. And just I felt like it put something in my relationship with God that I didn't like, but I didn't know how to get rid of it because fear had taken over and I didn't know how to give it to Jesus. And my dad had said something to me that had really freed me from fear. He said, this is a time when you either trust God or you don't. And it wasn't until I was faced with a decision to trust God or not, because my whole life I had always assumed that the only choice was to trust God. And like, I didn't have an option. And it's like I did, but when you grow up in church and you grow up in a Christian home and you grow up on the worship team, you grow up on the puppet team, you think that there isn't an option and or if that it's not real. And the thing is, it is real and God gives everyone a choice and you're not required. And he doesn't want robots. He doesn't want to program you to serve him. And he didn't want me to feel like I was programmed to serve him just because I grew up in a Christian home. So I started to learn to trust God. And it was a lot easier to trust God when you realize your only other thing was not to trust God. And when you, when I realized that the only other way was not to trust God, I was like, oh, it's easier this time. It's easier because I wasn't being forced to. I got to choose to trust God. And I just want to say that God's not some distant power who doesn't care about our lives. I know a lot of you probably go to public schools. I go to college. There's a lot being said by the world that our lives are random and that you're happen by chance and that the things that happen just happen because they happen and there's no purpose in life. And this became so clear to me the other day when I was driving to school. I remember the story which Jesus talked about the sparrows. And he's like, not even a sparrow can fall without your father noticing. And I was like, wow, God cares for you. Like, he's not independent. He didn't just wind up the world and let it go and be like, whatever happens, happens. He's like, Everything in your life is for a reason and for a purpose. And he's going to work all things for your good. 
even if you can't see it. So fast forwarding, God continued to use the things that I was passionate about to help help me find peace when anxiety came sneaking in. When that event finally took place, I had peace going in and peace staring and peace coming out. And just the over the nine months leading up to that event, God, I really grew so much closer to God. And my worship became real because I had a reason why I was worshiping. And my service became real. And even my friendships became real because people were supporting and praying And it was like, I felt such a sense of community and I felt like the church, like I've never felt before. And I remember just having so much peace thinking, this is what Moses felt when he went through the Red Sea. And it's like, I love that what Grace chose to play today was you never let go. And it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. And even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back. I know you are near. And I will fear no evil, for my God is with me. And if my God is with me, whom shall I fear? And he never lets go. And that never became real until I had to let go and trust God for real and not just in theory. And God used that child to reassure me that I served him because I really loved him myself, not because of my parents, not because what I felt pastors told me to do, or even because the Bible told you to. It's like, because I really, really love him and I really want to serve him. And it really helped lay foundations of my life of prayer and worship and taught me not to worry because I knew that he never let me down. And he handled the thing most valuable to me than I ever could have had. And I always thought that when we hold stuff from God, it's usually the one thing that's most valuable to us. And we think that we can handle it better than God can handle it. And the fact is, until you learn that he can handle it better than you, you're never going to be free from fear. And you're never going to be free from anxiety because you'll always have the anxiety that What if I drop it? What if I mess something up? What if something happens? It's my fault. And it's like God just wants to take that pressure off of you, and it's not your fault. And I was thinking about what I was going to share, and on Caleb, Pat Barrett, who wrote Build My Life, came on and said that the storm reveals the foundation we built our life upon. And that is what the storm really did for me is I went back to why am I Christian and why I believe what I believe and that God really does love us and that all things will work together for good. And so another scripture, the rest of that verse that really helped me through this time, said that that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. And that phrase that that is why we never give up just always resonated through me this whole time and even still is that... We have a story that God has given each one of us. This whole series is about that. And 
that story is part of his story and how he's weaving things together for our good and how he's going to use things in our life for our future. Everything that my parents had put in my life of worship and of serving all came back when I needed it the most. I fell back on worship because it was something that was a foundation in my life. And the storm revealed the true meaning behind that worship. And the storm revealed the true meaning behind my Christian friendships and going to church. And the true meaning behind why I trusted God for heaven if I can't even trust him here. And he taught me how to trust him here. And um, so in closing, God will never allow you to endure something that he hasn't prepared you for. The storms of life is what reveals God's special providence in the good times and makes you truly grateful that it is someone who cares about you on your good days as on your bad ones. And God used this time leading into when I started my freshman year at UL to really help me know that I had doubts about college and like how it would go and coming from being homeschooled, how it would change and how it would be different. And it's like the timing of this was perfect because I went through the biggest thing in my life that now I know all these little things like, oh, I know God's going to help me. Oh, I know my freshman year is going to be fine because God already showed me that he's come through for me. And it's like the verse that goes like hitherto has the Lord helped us. And like up to this point, God has continuously proved himself to me and he will do that to you too. And that nothing in your life is a mistake. And so that's all I got. Sorry. Okay. Hey guys. Um, I'm Anna for those of you who don't know me. Um, I'm a little bit terrified of doing this, to be honest, but we're doing it anyway. Um, I just want to pray real quick before I get started, um, just to kind of bring peace. <sighs> Dear Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the chance to hear all these amazing people's stories. I thank you for my story. I thank you that you are so good to give us stories about you that are worth telling and worth sharing. And I pray that you would help us to learn how to honor you by not holding them in. In Jesus' name, amen. So my story goes something like this. I was 100% a church kid, um, as I suspect a good portion of us in here uh, were. And since the age of two, I've been raised in this church. Um, I prayed my salvation prayer at the age of four in the K-4 class here at the school. Um, I literally still have the certificate for it. Uh, which isn't what matters. It's just funny that I kept it that long. Um, so from the very earliest times of my life, I've been familiar with and loved God. Um, I think throughout my childhood, though, my walk with God could be described as inconsistent. Um, and looking back, I can kind of see these cycles that I would go through over time that would start out with me loving the Lord so, so much really as only a kid could, which would naturally lead to me wanting to do what was right and wanting to do what he would want for me, which to my perfectionistic little mind would quickly turn into trying too hard. And that would lead to me feeling 
burnt out really quickly. Um, and then that would lead to me feeling like I wasn't allowed to feel that way as a Christian kid. And that would lead to me feeling like I had to sort of play along um, so no one knew I felt that way. And that would lead to me trying to convince myself that my relationship with God was worth not playing along to. And that would lead to successfully convincing myself and back refocused into my walk with him again. It sounds really confusing. Even to explain it's confusing. It definitely was very confusing. Um, I think my intentions were there most of the time, but my execution was off all the time. And I think I put a lot of like weight on it from that age that really didn't need to be there. Um, the older I got, the more confusing things got because I started to realize that the foundation for my faith was very unstable and that a lot of the thought patterns that I'd been cultivated to believe were not always absolute. Um, that the majority of what I'd learned to believe was truth, but had been kind of wrapped up in a couple of half-truths that I was never really taught to sort out. And so now I was just kind of standing here with this package of what I'd believed my entire life, not really sure what I was holding and why I was holding it. And so I'd ask myself questions like, how much of what I knew about God came from my own experiences with him, and how much was just what the people in my life told me he was for them. How much of my spirituality as a kid had been me just trying to keep it all together, terrified that if I failed, not that God wouldn't love me, but that certain people in my life wouldn't love me, and for some reason that seemed worse. Um, was I actually fabricating much more than I cared to admit, hoping that if I just played along long enough, God would show up for real one day? Or was he showing up and I was just missing it? Was this like half-hearted attempt enough? Because anything more felt exhausting and anything less felt fake. I'd ask myself um, that, you know, they, they had told me that he was enough to revolutionize someone's world. And so why, why not my world? Why was my world not being revolutionized when I'd come to him? Um, they all had a story about something he could do, the things he could do, the big things he could do. And I had spent years of trying and had nothing to show for it. Um, and so I'd ask myself, like, did I overestimate what this relationship was supposed to look like? Or was this all there was to it? And I had just kind of misunderstood. Um, it didn't feel like I was told it should feel. It didn't feel impactful enough. There wasn't much transformation happening. Um, and I mean, like, that's how you know he's moving, right? Like, when your world starts changing. But I didn't really have much chance to change because I'd been doing it all right since the age of four. And I mean, that's a good thing. It didn't really feel like a good thing, though, because it, I didn't get... Um, a luxury of having no preconceived ideas of what God could do. So I'd ask myself, like, why? Like, truly, why do I believe what I believe? I don't really know why. I just do. And that's what counts, right? That I believe it. Does it matter that I don't know why I believe it if at the end of the day I believe it? Like, does the way I got to truth even matter if at the end of it all I got to truth? I don't need a why, I'll just do. That was my kind of my philosophy. And so I would just sigh and just be frustrated at, 
at this confusion and this disconnect that I was feeling because um, I knew I was missing something, but I didn't know what it was. And so all of this led to a lot of confusion, a lot of exhaustion, and a lot of negativity, I guess. Um, I didn't realize it, but it was kind of like I was slowly backing myself into a corner. Um, the more effort I'd put in, the more confused I'd end up feeling. And I certainly did not want to get to the point of like giving up on it all. Um, so I started to avoid my relationship with God, to avoid this confusion and doubt, to avoid giving up on my relationship with God, which is kind of backwards. Um, but like the more, like I started slipping away from God more and more in a strange effort to keep that very thing from happening. Um, so not a lot of this really changes until one year in high school when I went through uh, what people in the church might call a wilderness season or like a season of drought or some like imagery rich phrase. Um, I best describe it as a season of depression. And everyone has their own idea of like what that looks like and what that has to look like and what that can't look like and all that stuff. But basically where I'm going to leave it is that no aspect of myself uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, body, soul, spirit, none of that was healthy. And I think for a while I discounted just how much the spiritual unhealthiness was affecting the other areas of my life. Um, and it wasn't even that I necessarily stopped believing in God at this point. It was more just like everything in me knew God was real and knew God existed and knew he was there for me and knew he was good, but nothing in me could like see it. Um, I read this quote in a book and I feel like it described me perfectly at this, this point in my life. It said, I am born again, but still so much in need of being born anew. Um, and I just felt like that resonated with me because like I was saved and I did know God and I did uh, have him inside of me, but something in me needed to be uh, restored. And I didn't know what it was. So right in the middle of all of this, one fall, I get an opportunity to go on a trip to a sort of conference convention type of thing with a group that I'd been involved with that's kind of a political and spiritual group. And I, the, like, when I got the opportunity to go on this trip, I was instantly like, yes, this is what I need. Um, I'll have a week away from home. I can like refocus spiritually. And I knew they did like a lot of, you know, spiritual stuff. And so I knew that this would like be my chance to just kind of like, I don't know, get away from it all and also just like reconnect. Um, and I was, I was hoping for a big like defining moment where I could just like encounter God in a way that would bring closure. I think like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, I think I was hoping to, like, have some sort of moment where I would, like, never doubt again that any of this was worth it, um, which, looking back, was, like, a lot of expectation to put on a week. I don't know. I don't know. But um, anyway, so I go on this trip, and basically nothing happens like I wanted it to. Um, that week was a big, hot mess, and uh, I, the event was much less spiritually focused and much more politically focused than I'd been anticipating, which was totally fine for the event. Like that, that was totally okay. It just wasn't what I was expecting. And so it threw me off and they still had like worship and devotions and stuff like that. But, um, in everything, I just felt so dry and empty and nothing was affecting me. And the distance that I was feeling from God at home was still with me there. 
I don't know why I thought it wouldn't be. Um, it was a really long week, and I got really drained really quick. And since I wasn't finding him the way I wanted to be, I got kind of frustrated. And I told God, I was like, look, I literally came on this trip as a step of faith to, like, seek you out. And, like, I'm taking a step towards you, and I don't feel like you're taking any steps back. Like, can you at least meet me halfway? Can you at least, like, show up? Um, and so I got mad at myself for coming in the first place, and I got mad at God for not, like, meeting me there. And then on this trip, I had a very close friend who was going through some of the same stuff I was. And it was honestly kind of uncanny how similar of a situation we were in at the same time. And so throughout this whole week, we'd been confiding in each other about um, just kind of how we were struggling and how we weren't finding God that week in the way we wanted to. And I don't remember exactly when this happened, but it was towards the end of the week. And we were doing worship again. And, um, like, I was just not feeling it. Like, I don't know if there was ever a time in my life that I was feeling it less than that moment. And um, I'm sitting next to my friend, and we're kind of like in the back row or towards the back or something like that. And um, we're just struggling through worship, like completely struggling. And out of nowhere, she grabs my hand and pulls me out the door that was like right next to us and into this like flight of stairs that was like right outside the room. And so we just abandoned the worship, and now we're standing in this stairwell, this, like, gray, bleak stairwell, and we just start breaking down and sobbing, and we start pouring out our hearts to each other, which ends up kind of, like, ends up into, like, pouring out our hearts to God. And we face each other, and we grab hands, and we just start praying, but not, like, the pretty prayer, like with the bow on top, like the ugly prayer from the ugly people, you know, like the broken prayer. Um, and I'm hit in the face with this idea as we're praying that either one, God is not going to be there for me and all of my doubt doesn't matter because if he's not going to be there for me, then nothing matters. I don't matter. Life doesn't matter. Or two, God is going to be there for me, and all of my doubt still doesn't matter, because if he is going to be there for me, then he's going to be big enough to wait this out for me and walk this through with me. And so it was like, I don't know, this kind of new idea to me that, um, you know, if God is not the God I know him to be, then my doubt doesn't matter. And if God is the God I know him to be, then my doubt still doesn't matter, because he's bigger than it. Um, and that idea just kind of freed me from the heaviness of the uncertainty. And it didn't necessarily, like, take away the uncertainty of if God was always going to be there for me or not. But it took away the heaviness that came with that. Um, and I specifically remember at the end of our prayer, my friend and I asked the Lord to remove the lenses that we saw him through. Lenses as in, like, perspectives that we'd been taught to view God through. Um, lenses from parents and churches and our experiences, just whatever. And honestly, not all of these lenses were wrong or bad. Most of them weren't. It was just that they had shaped our perspective so much that we didn't even know what we were viewing anymore. Um, we, like, put up so many lenses that we didn't 
really know how to see God anymore. And at least in my life, I'd kind of like stuffed him into so many boxes that I just packed him away. And I remember asking him to take all of that away just so that we could see him only for who he was and not for what anyone else said he was or wasn't. And when we were done praying, it really didn't feel like anything had changed. Like everything felt the way it had felt the whole week. And, um, you know, it didn't really feel like anything was, anything was really different. But I didn't know it at the time, but that day in the stairwell really started my journey of restoring my view of God and healing my perception of him. Um, it was certainly not a one moment and everything was fixed because that's what I went into the week expecting and that's not what God gave me. But um, it, it just started me on a journey of growth and truth that I'm so, so grateful for. And from that point on, my spiritual life just started like shifting and evolving under the surface. Um, and I didn't even realize it. It's kind of like, you know, when you're a kid and you see someone you haven't seen in a while and they're like, oh, you grew up so much. And you're just like, okay. Like, because you just, it was normal to you. It didn't feel like you had changed. That's kind of how my spiritual life was. I didn't realize anything was even growing until people in my life started pointing it out to me. And then it was like, oh, wow, you're right. Like, I didn't even realize that this new restoration was becoming my normal. Um... So there was kind of many stepping stones along this journey, um, and I wouldn't have time to talk about them all. But I'm just going to share one final uh, thought that kind of, or one final experience that kind of wraps up this particular story. So fast forward to about six months after that day in the stairwell, and I was with that same friend again, and we were reminiscing about that trip and just kind of, you know, how far we'd come since then. And she excitedly shares with me that that morning God told her six months later that he saw us in the stairwell. And that touched us because it was like him confirming that he was there when we couldn't see it at the time. And we'd grown so much to the point that we knew he was there when we couldn't see it at the time. But he he told us that he was there. And so that was like very impactful. Um and it taught me that there's things that he's doing now that we can't see, but all we'll be able to do is look back one day and marvel at. Um, and so as we're standing there talking about this, I glance down and I see that I'm wearing a pair of shoes that I had bought for that trip. Like I had bought a pair of shoes specifically for that trip and then wore them that whole week and then hadn't touched them since until one day I just randomly felt compelled to put them on. And of all the days, that was the day that God told us he saw us in the stairwell. And so most people would probably call that a coincidence, and it probably kind of is. But to me, it was God, like, softly saying, like, look, just, like, remember. Remember where you came from, and remember how I was there when you couldn't see it, and remember how far you've come, and remember how far I'm going to take you. And remember the fact that you can see me in things you never even expected, even your shoe choices. Um so that's basically it, though there really like isn't an end to this story because the story is just about me finding God, and I can honestly say now that every day I'm able to do that more, so the story keeps on going, and that's exciting to me. Thank you for listening. Thank you. So guys, if you would stand up with me. Um,
really there were two themes tonight. And I, I don't know if you've been noticing, uh, maybe it's just me, but every night there seems to be like a theme. And I want to pray over that theme. Um, but uh, just now, whenever Anna was sharing, she had a theme of works. And I think that uh, a lot of people can identify with that. And let me just let me just explain uh, my definition of that. Uh, it sounded like what she really encountered is she knew God. Um, she knew the things that God liked. And so she knew to do the things that God liked. But it was in the doing that she got lost. And so I think that's common um, for, I know it's common for me. Um, so if you would just do me a favor, if you would just bow your head, close your eyes, just get into a thinking position, whatever that is. And maybe um, maybe you would say, you know what, that testimony resonated with me a little bit. You know, I, I needed a relationship. I need a relationship or, or, or a new lens, a new perspective, like she put it. Or I need an adjustment of perspective. You know, I think about my relationship with one of my friends. We have our own unique relationship. I don't have a relationship with one of my friends like he has with another one of his friends. They have their own, and, and we have ours, and God's the same way. And I thought that testimony was just so beautiful because it's just that version of your relationship with God. He, he, just, he, doesn't want, he doesn't want your parents' relationship with you. He wants your, your relationship uh, to be between you two. And so, man, maybe you're there. Just take a moment to ask yourself. And then on the other side, you know, in the first testimony, we heard Sarah talking about, you know, it's easy to trust God with other people's breakthrough. You know, it's easier for me to pray with real faith for somebody else to get a breakthrough. But, uh, and it's also easy for me to choose to have faith when everything's going well. But when I don't have another choice, that's really where I, I, have to, I have to make a decision. Am I really going to believe and trust God in this? And man, I just think that some of you might find yourself there. Maybe there's something in your life that um, maybe it's here now or maybe it's something you see coming down the road. And God's requiring you to have another level of faith. And so as we're thinking about those two themes, number one, again, maybe, maybe you need to ask God right now. God, I need you to give me my own perspective of you. I need you to give me my own relationship with you. I like how Anna said, there's no end to the story. It's good because there's not supposed to be until you get to heaven and it keeps going because it's an ongoing relationship. It's not just a one-time event. Maybe that's you. And so I'm just going to pray. And, and I would just ask you to just be honest with yourself. If one of those two things resonate with you, just receive this prayer. Holy Spirit, we know that you're a unique person. You're not a thing. You're not a ghost floating around. You're a person, the Holy Spirit. And just like we have relationship with other individuals that's unique to us, we know that you want a unique relationship with each and every person in this room. And so you see the hearts of people. If there's anybody in here that says, man, I, I want a unique relationship. Maybe they're saved, but Holy Spirit, they just want a new lens. They want a fresh lens. They, they want their own. Then Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just begin that right now. As they're just in a position to just receive from you, that you just begin that right now. Maybe they're in a new season of life. And maybe they had a unique relationship with you in the last season. But this is a new season. 
and it, it might look a little different. So Lord, I just pray that you would just do a work in your relationship. In Jesus' name, my Lord, there may be people in here that they need to trust you or they're in a position they have to trust you more with maybe something specific or maybe it's just in general. Lord, you see the hearts of people. And once again, God, I just pray, God, you speak of the gift of faith. You speak of a gift of faith. And your word says that if we desire a gift, all we have to do is ask for it. And we don't have to just ask with our mouth, we can ask with our heart. And so right now, every heart that desires a gift of faith, every heart that just says, God, I need more faith in this area, or I'm, I'm struggling with worry. If you're struggling with worry, that means you're lacking faith. And so if there's anybody that struggles with worry in any area, Holy Spirit, just do a work in their heart and just give them the gift of faith. And lastly, God, I just pray your blessing over every person in here. Lord, I pray that you would just be with every person. God, I pray your plans and your purposes and your will over every person's life and that they would be able to see you in action in their life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram.